0: Hey, everybody, welcome to today's episode, which is one of the last ones published this year. This is an awkward one, an uncomfortable one, Um, a deeply personal and private conversation between me and a friend, Ramin, who is also my collaborator on this podcast, and it's a conversation that happened half a year ago. It was a call we had where I talked about having a shitty morning, feeling depressed, depleted about my realization that I was afraid of happiness because of the threat it could be for my relationship with my ex-wife, we talked about me, based on a recommendation of a friend, going to a energy worker, alternative, you know, healer, woman, and having her tell me things about my life, my mother's life, my grandfather and grand grandfather's life, and picking up on all kinds of spirits and energies and how I experienced that conversation, that session, what was good, what was bad, and what I walked away from it. And at the end of the conversation, you can sense the kind of love and tenderness and the closeness that Ramin and I share. And real listening to this conversation, that's half a year ago, I almost don't recognize myself. Um, just recently, I think back then, half a year ago, I wasn't happy, and I didn't know if I would dare to be happy, and just a couple of days ago, I was telling Ramin on another recording that we'll publish hopefully soon, how happy I am right now, and how the thought I love my life right now, blurred out of me involuntarily the other day. A lot has happened in those six months from feeling at home and feeling connectedness at all times versus feeling lonely and never kind of feeling like I could arrive anywhere, feeling happy versus being concerned that I might not even dare to be happy, to some of the confusions that I had about feeling my feelings and exhaustions I had At today the pleasure and the wisdom and the life energy that I gained from being a bit more in touch with my feelings. This is a a, a deeply personal episode. I'm wandering around, I'm meandering around. This is not a keynote speech. This is not super precise thought. It's a conversation, raw, unedited, uncut, with a good friend, at a very vulnerable moment, sharing openly, searching, brainstorming, bits and pieces. And as I said, I re-listened to it just moments ago and, you know, both I don't recognize myself almost, then I was really ashamed, my English is terrible, I'm meandering around, I'm not really concise in my thought, I sound foolish at times. So it was like, uh, my ego was really hurt about all of this, I'm like, do I really want to share this with the world? But this podcast is about being authentic, experimenting, daring, taking risks sharing things that are not quite polished, not quite ready. And I've been surprised over the last couple of months how many of you have reached out to me and said that one or the other episode has really touched you or influenced you in a positive way. I'm amazed about that, to be honest. I've never been as unpolished as I've been on this podcast. It's all over the place. I'm all over the place on it. And that's kind of the place for it. That's the purpose that it serves. And so if you love me, uh, you might be really interested in this if you're, you know, barely interested in me. This just might be one of those episodes that if at any point while you're listening, you feel like skipping it, I won't blame you. I'm not going to hold it against you. So you've been warned. This is a, an old episode, but an important one for me, a personal one. And one that will frame some of the episodes that will be published in the next couple of weeks where there's going to be lots of catching up. And you'll see the stark difference between my energy and my way of thinking and the way I live my life right now. And just what was happening to me and with me just uh, six months ago. So, yeah, I hope you, I don't know, enjoy this episode. At least you find it interesting or curious. Without further ado, let's jump right into the conversation. Yeah. All right, we are recording. All right. So, Thursday was... A super intense day for me um, it started by waking up way earlier than I typically uh, do so these days right now I am not um, I don't wake up by an alarm I just wake up whenever I do but typically I wake up at around 7 a.m and it's not always great because I, I feel like my mind wakes up but my body's still tired but it's usually is the type of thing where I'm like awake in like 10 minutes of tossing and turning. And then it's just like, I'm just like, ah, whatever. It doesn't matter if my body's still tired. Like, I'm just, I'm awake now, right? My mind is awake. Let, let's just go. Um, <clears throat> um, but, but on Thursday, I woke up at 6. I went to bed later than I usually do. I went to bed at like midnight, past midnight. And I woke up at 6. And so when I woke up, I already felt a little out of it. Um, And then I, at some point I sat down and I I started doing a little bit of journaling. And I wrote down just like some questions around how, like, oh, this was it. Instead of just asking, how do you feel? I asked myself, how do you feel about? And then I was like, how do you feel about? Diana, how do you feel about your work? How do you feel about, you know, all these people or things that are important in my life? I just wrote down all the things that came to my mind and then I just wrote like basically a sentence or something or a couple of words that came to mind. And one thing that was kind of sort of, no, one thing I already knew, but the the full realization of it still shocked me to some degree was that I thought, about Diana, my ex-wife. And... You know... I... I realized how much... Tension... I still have around her. Like in our relationship. Although we have like such a good relationship now. We're friends and we have been very kind to each other over the last couple of months. There's still a, an uneasiness that I feel. And then... Then I thought... Then I kind of just moved on, um, and then eventually I asked myself, can I even imagine being fully happy right now? Like, could I imagine, like, imagining in a couple of months telling you, for instance, dude, I'm so happy with my life right now. I love everything about my life right now. Like, so can I even imagine that? And I have thought about what kind of life I would have to have to be able to tell my friends or tell people and myself that I'm completely happy. And then Diana popped up again as an image. And I realized I would be afraid to be completely happy because I would be afraid what it would do to my relationship with her. Because I had this image or this fear inside of me that if I live completely happy, she's going to be angry at me and it's going to cause conflict between us. Mm. I'm going to hear blame. I'm going to hear like, I'm struggling with all this and you're over there having the best life of your you know, the best time of your life. Like, I imagined that there would be anger, conflict, issues. Which relates back to, you know, I think early in our marriage when we had the first child, you know, and eventually I tried to figure out my own life to be more helpful to her. When I shared like some good moments, she did get angry at me. Right? It was sort of a... See, you live an amazing life, and here I am suffering on my own or suffering with my challenges, but nobody's helping me while you're getting all these great things in your life. And that led to me never, like me less and less, and eventually never sharing any of my joy with her, right? Being kind of uncomfortable or afraid sharing with her when something good would happen to me, right? So I would like minimize the good in front of her and I would maximize the bad. And I realized that that's still inside of me, right? That kind of a fear or that image. And that because I'm afraid of being so happy because I'm afraid of what it would do, like, what kind of conflict it would create between the two of us, I cannot also be happy in front of my children. Right? Mm-hmm. And that was like a, wow, like, I, I it's I didn't fully internalize that I would be afraid to be insanely happy tomorrow. That I would have hesitations about that because I would because I'm afraid of what kind of an issue that would create with my family, basically. And so that stayed with me for a little bit. And then eventually um, I started listening to some music. And I had again this like sensation of inter- like. I could feel this sort of light pain in my chest, like a hurt. And I really wanted to go to the gym. Like my day was pretty packed. And I was like, if I don't go to, I haven't gone. This is the first week in a in, in a long time where I, I didn't go to the gym for three days in a row where I was supposed to go. For a variety of reasons, right? I did a trip to Zurich, I didn't train on. Friday when I drove drove there, and then when I came back on Monday, I didn't train, and then on Tuesday I didn't train. So I was like, I have it's Thursday, I have to go to training today. Um, but then I also felt this weird hurt, and then and I and I also felt kind of all day long on Thursday, I felt sort of like just weak and weird, almost like having um. I don't, even, uh, I don't even know how to say it in, in English, like Kreislauf uh, problem. I don't know. What is that? Kreislauf um, Cycle. Okay, that's, that's not the right, not, not
1: the right, right fucking circle, circle walking problem. <laughs>
0: System problems. What? No. Circulation problems. Yeah, I don't know. I just didn't feel good, right? Mm-hmm. Um, And so there there was this internal dialogue of like, just skip training, you feel so weak and weird. And it it would be like um, um, heavy squat training. And I'm like, I I don't want to feel weak and weird when I do that that type of training. And then I had this thought and idea of like, what if you carried the pain with you and you try to mindfully train with the pain? Right. Don't usually I put on uh, headphones and I'll listen to sort of like pump up music. I'm like, what if there's like no music today? Right. And I don't try to push it away and then do a hard workout. I just try to carry the pain with me and see what happens. Can I hold my pain mindfully and work out? And if it's too much, I will give myself the permission to stop at any time. And so I went to training and it's just like, in general, to me, it's, it's funny. I've done this now like just, you know, two or three times where I kind of felt that inner hurt and I didn't push it away quickly. And I just like carried it with me for a little bit and was breathing into it. And I was able to do that, but it definitely put me in an altered state. Like I was not in a normal awake state of mind. It's just in a weird state, almost, almost like I'm under the influence of some substances. Like I don't know, like a little bit drunk or something. Like my my vision was a bit more blurry. Just reality felt a little a little weirder. Like I was just not fully there. Hmm. And I started, uh, and and I, and I was doing pretty good with like keeping like breathing into the her, keeping it and not doing anything, not like being like, I'm stronger than this, so I'm going to defeat it, or I'm going to push it away, or I'm weak because of it. I was just like, it's just there. Like, I can just hold it and still be myself and see how things feel. And so I f- start my first set of like 10 squats, and the the, the the whole workout would be 10 times 10 squats with like um, weighted squats, right? And the first set... Felt like the eighth set normally. Like I struggled so hard on my first set that I was like, holy shit. Not sure I can do 10 of these. I'm not sure I'm going to get to the end of this. But okay. Just keep breathing in, keep breathing in. So I did about, I think I did six sets. And then I started feeling a way where I was like, this is it. I should probably call it a day. I should not finish my workout today. I don't feel well. And that in and of itself was such a big challenge to me. Right? Because I'm like it's much harder it's it feels much better to me to push through my suffering and conquer it than to accept it. Right? But I was like, well, maybe because this is harder, this is maybe the challenge I need to work on. This is the area I can grow in. Maybe I just need to give myself permission to quit a workout if it's not the right day today. I'm like, okay. So I come back and I shower and I quickly try to eat something, but I just have no appetite. And then I have a call with Sophie and Alex. And we get on the call, and dude, within the first minute, I feel so overwhelmed. And I can just tell, like, I can't deal with it. Like, I cannot deal with life right now. Like, I'm just in such a weird state. I can't be in conversations with people. Like, this is it's too overwhelming. Like, it's too much for me right now. And I tell them, I'm like, guys, I'm in a super weird state. I'm like, I don't know. I'm feeling super weird. We chit-chat, whatever, whatever. And now this is an important little detail. A month earlier... Sofian had told me about this this woman that is sort of a healer, that does sort of very, uh, do you say esoteric? No, in English. Yeah. So very esoteric stuff. I don't even, I don't remember it anymore. It was like Chinese energy tapping, whatever, something along, like something kind of a, a little out there for me. And he told me how she he had gone to her when in his 20s and had, like, a really good experience. And she kind of released some energies that he had inside of himself and he felt much better afterwards. And he had sent his girlfriend to her. And she's had a very good experience. And he's like, you know what? I feel like my intuition tells me you should go to her as well. Right? And I said, all right. I'm, like, I am at a point where I'm, like, I'm open. My business is open for all business. Right? I'm, like... Open to anything and everything because there's so much going on with my inner world right now. And I'm tackling so many eternal demons and topics. I'm like, i oh, I'm trying. I'm going to do anything. I'm open to try anything. And the more it feels like not what I usually would do, the better it probably is, right? And you kind of step outside my zone of competence and confidence and com- comfortability and just try some crazy shit and see what happens. So I'm like, all right, give me her number. So I wrote to her. And so I had an appointment with her on Thursday, right, which is also funny. It's like, did I have such a weird day before meeting her because I was meeting her that day? Who knows, right? Or was it just a coincidence? Who knows? But I left early for my call with Alex and Sophie because I wanted to drive to her. And I had never driven there. It was, like, supposed to be 25 minutes away. I'm like, there's probably heavy traffic at this time. I'm trying to plan in 40 minutes to get to her. So I start driving to her and do traffic is like out of control, just out of, I don't know if, and then Google uh, Maps is trying to navigate me around the traffic, but probably navigates everybody around it. So I'm in this situation where I'm like in heavy traffic and and, you know, there's like maybe 10 meters for me to take the next left, but it takes me like 20 minutes to get there and then it gives me a left and then I have to spend 15 minutes there and then another, and it's like it, it routes me these the, this route that is like super stressful because every couple of minutes I have to take another small side road and then another small but there's traffic everywhere mm-hmm. and people are losing their minds people are clogging the streets they're fighting it's just super stressful moment and I'm like why why today when I feel like this So I have to go through this kind of an experience to get to her, right? So I'm back in this, like, I'm now, I'm in this narrative where I'm like, this is so interesting, why this isn't flowing easily. Today, nothing is flowing easily for me. And so I write to her and I'm like, hey, listen, probably going to be like half an hour late. And she's like, yeah, well, you know, that's fine. And then then 30 minutes later, I'm I'm like, I progressed five meters. Mm -hmm. I'm like, I'm going to be another half an hour later. And she's like, well, you know, if it is that way, it is that way. Like, we can't change it. Just come when you're here. I'm like, okay. So I arrive and go to this lady. And a funny side note uh, <laughs> between you and I, because we both know Sophia. Sophia told me the first time he met her, her first comment to him was, we need to work on your smile, right? And he was like, whoa. Like, he's like... <laughs> That hit me really cold. Like I go in there, I'm like, hello. And she's like, yeah, we need to work on your smile." And it's like, oh my god. And so I go in there, I'm like, ah, I'm curious what her first comment is going to be. So I walk in there, and she's like, you are a, how would you say that in in English, like, you're a very kind person. I was like, ah, all right, I'll take that. And so we sit down, and we chit chat a little bit. And I can immediately tell you a couple of things. I know I like her, right? She's like um, mid to end 40s, seems like a woman that has seen some things, um, seems like a no bullshit person, right? Not seeming to care to be liked, impressed, or create a certain kind of vibe at all, which seems pretty authentic. And seems to be wise and to have like a good, very good energy. So I'm like, all right, I already like her. So I'm in like, whatever you want, whatever voodoo you want to do with me, I'll go along. I'll believe everything. Let's just fucking let's rock and roll. Like I'm here to work. And so she asked me a, a bunch of questions and I'm, you know, I already come with with stuff, I'm not I'm not sitting there and I'm like, oh, you know, I don't know. I feel a little weird. I want somebody to figure out what's going on with me. I come back and I'm like, this is what's going on with me. Like, here's the emotional challenges that I have. Here's the realizations I've had. Here's the physical effect, the mental effect. Here's how I'm trying to work through this, but I obviously need more help. Like, I'm not making enough progress. I'm open to more. Like, I need to figure out what's going on or how to transform this. And she asked me a bunch of questions and all that is, is cool. And then I'll first summarize the experience and how I, how I see it. And then I'll, I'll give you some detailed moments. I'll like unpack that in terms of what was meaningful to me or not. Overall, this was such a – and this is a good – I think this is in general such a good model. And I'm not always – often not capable of using this model of thinking and living. But in this case, I was. During that, like, we we, we spent one and a half hours together. During that one and a half hour session, there were a bunch of things she said and did that were very impressive, right? That were really, that felt very spot on and very powerful. Then there were a bunch of things that she said and did that felt like total, like like nothing, like wrong or total BS. So I feel like, it, was, it, it could have been my bias that would have determined... I could have walked out there and be like, oh my God, this lady is a witch. She can't see the future and the past. She felt all the energy. She's amazing. This is incredible. This is impressive. Or I could walk out there and be like, this was all bullshit. She just threw a million things up in the air and you know, lots of them were wrong. So all of it was wrong. Where I was was somewhere in the middle where I was like, listen... Some of, like, I'm not going to come out and be like, I believe in all her techniques or even understand what she was doing, but I don't care. This seemed like a useful session. It was good for me. I enjoyed her and being around with her. I enjoyed talking to her, and she said some powerful stuff, and I'll take it with me, and who knows, maybe it'll take me three years to realize that some of the things that felt wrong, are actually right, Or maybe, you know, who knows? I don't know. But it felt helpful. Like it was, it didn't, it felt good to me. It was good. And she did some crazy shit that brought up some, or that allowed me to talk to her about some things that I already knew, but in another way. And that felt good. That, that's, it was a positive experience for me. So that's how I felt about the whole thing. I'm like, I, this was a positive experience. I liked it. I, I cannot tell if somebody was like, does it work? Was it really the Chinese energy voodoo she did? I don't know. I I mean, don't know. But the the session helped. The session seemed meaningful or Mm. the session felt meaningful to me. That's all that matters at the end of the day, for Mm. me at least in this case. So she did some cool cool stuff where um, she... But then there's another interesting thing. She basically, you know, you know this, I don't know how it's called, but the, the, this technique is like used in so many different areas, alternative areas of medicine, where you, you um, put your arm up and then they tell you to think about something that gives you strength and they try to push you down and then something that gives you weakness and they try to push you Kinesiology. Kinesiology, right? Okay, so she did that in the beginning uh, uh, just with two things. And then she told me basically, listen, we could do this the entire hour But it would get tiring, right? You can't just sit there for an hour and every day I have a conversation, I constantly push your arm down. So what I'm able to do is I'm able to transform whatever your energy, put it in my fingers, and then she would do some kind of tapping as she was talking and figuring things out and basically through the tapping, figuring out where the truth is or not, right? It's a very poor summary of what she told me, but this is kind of the way that I can explain it in, in layman terms. The, the interesting thing, though, when she told me, think about something that gives you strength, I thought of my my children, you know, mm. very obvious, very obvious thing to do for a parent. And then when she told me, think about something that gives you weakness, I thought of Diana, mm. right? Which is also interesting. It's like, that's probably a source of my, something that I generate weakness for me. And it's not, it has nothing to do with her. Like, it's not her doing this to me. It's me doing it to myself, Right. So that was just an interesting little thing uh that stayed with me. And then so so what she did was what, what was interesting was she took this book that was full of um there was an encyclopedia of these um these medicines globally and what what are, what are they called like um homeopathic yeah globally yeah 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 so so she had this book and, and that has all the homeopathic uh, medicines in there, right? All the, there's like a million different names with all these different things in there, right? And she basically was like, every of this, these medicines also points to like a, an emotional or spiritual trauma that has caused the thing, right? And so what I'll do is I will, through the tapping, I'll find the letter and the thing and the thing to, and then we'll p- pick up the book and the page. the medicine in there and we'll read and see if that is the kind of the spiritual emotional cause trauma cause for how you feel right Mm -hmm. so so she did her her voodoo and then she picks up my page and again it actually does you know it doesn't matter how she arrived at that page but what that page said is pretty spot on right i mean to me at least it feels pretty spot on the only problem now is i don't need i don't have it in, in english it's in german I'll say it in, in German and then I'll try to translate it in, in English. So, first in German, said, Willenlosigkeit durch chronische Disziplinierung der Gefühle. Yeah. So, like, uh, having lost your will through chronical disciplining of your emotions. Right? And so, there is like a, a, a longer little little paragraph that basically says that this person has disciplined and suppressed their emotions over a long period of time to appear to the outside world as well as to themselves to be living a worthwhile and expectation-meeting public image. Internal safety has been lost through this. Uh, Feels... Exposed, feels verlassen, um, abandoned. There's a missing, there's missing connection to, thought, to father energy, either real or as, an, or as imagined. Right. So in my case, my father died, obviously. Um, does not possess willpower in thought and actions. Right, but the 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 interesting part is this like chronicle disciplining of emotions, yeah. right? That sort of like that felt very true to me and everybody else I've told this to, is, and I interpret your reaction as like, yep, that makes sense. <laughs> that sounds about right. And um, we did the same thing. Uh, she did the same thing about... She kind of tried to feel in, where is this coming from? Is it from the mother or from the father? Right? And then it was like, it's from the mother. And then she did the same thing to try to figure out what my mom's thing is. Like, picked a a, a page of the book, basically. And that page as well, to me, feels very spot on. Right? So in German, it said, Trotz dem Leid.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. yeah i don't even know how to say this in english like light is like suffering like standing up to her own suffering or like um is stubborn towards her own suffering something along those lines and fighting it yeah and it basically says something that there there was something traumatic that happened to this person there's a a painful situation and this person is not willing to accept that or to change their life situation so uh, uses stubbornness to endure and stand up to this pain you know and so in my mom's case we had talked about the sudden death of my father and you know how she dealt with it and how strong she was and how stoic and how she was always just functioning but she didn't show weakness through all of it it's always i'm fine it's always i'm fine like always like 10 p.m at night still fucking working and doing all kinds of shit how are you mom i'm fine i'm i'm fine always being fine right Mm. and so that felt right and then we went to, like, my grandfather and my grand-grand-grandfather, which I don't even know. I didn't – my mom doesn't mm-hmm. know anything about him. Yeah, Because her whole thing was, like, that there's some ancestry beginning of this type of suffering, and it's, like, given from generation to generation, who did I inherit this from? And it was the grandfather of my grandfather, basically, right? And so that's obviously what, – what she found on that page is obviously – I cannot say any like I can't speak to that as right or wrong or good or bad or true or not true. I have like no sense for that whatsoever um but it was interesting because for him, the thing that came up was like a basically blocked his creative life energy and force because of a sexual shock and so talked a little bit about this in the in the the descriptions like as a child, something happened either being seen or you know, surprised while being some kind of a sexual activity and then carrying immense shame uh, with you that kind of blocked all chances for joy and for creativity and for, for living life freely. Okay, I mean, fucking my grandfather's grandfather, that's like I don't know, that's the 20s, that's the ten- I mean <laughs> it would be not surprising to me this sexual shock <laughs> that happened to lots of people. But um, that was just, I mean, that's just interesting, but I, I, I don't really know what to do with that, for now, at least. Um, and then we we talked a lot, and there were some some interesting things that came up that were, again, like, um, it's very true. Like, she asked me, do you feel at home somewhere? And I said, no. And then she said, you never felt at home anywhere, right? And I was like, yes, that's true. And that is true. And it's something I've known, but I've now been thinking more about that even since a child, I don't remember ever, ever feeling at home anywhere. Mm -hmm. Like not at home in the cities that I live and not at home in the houses, apartments, the places that I live. It was always, it always felt temporary. I never put any care because I always thought I, I'm going to leave here. This is not where I want to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and then she was basically saying, you know, because I've never, as a child, I didn't learn to trust my feelings and to feel my feelings fully. I can never arrive within myself. So I can never arrive anywhere else either. Um, talked about uh, loneliness. Which is another interesting thing where, where I had to think about it more. And it's another feeling that I think I felt my entire life, especially also in the relationships I've been in. I always maintained the feeling of loneliness, even when I was with somebody, uh, like an intimate partner. The only time I remember not feeling lonely or feeling it less than usually in my life was the Immenhofer Straße days, was that like short period of time where I was living with my friends, with you and others, and we're living, we're such a um, cohesive unit. We're sharing our lives so openly with each other to some degree. And so intimately, that was a a time where I didn't feel as lonely, right? I felt very connected to all of you. Um, But before and after that, from my entire life, I definitely have always maintained like that note, that vibration of that there's some level of loneliness that's always been there. Which is, again, it's one of those things that are not surprising to me, not something I've never thought about or never felt, but never said it that clearly, never thought it that fully, you know, never f- thought that thought to the end where I was like, that is quite a significant thing. To say, this is not a little thing to be like, hey, for 38 years of my life, there's been, uh, you know, almost no times where I didn't feel lonely. doesn't matter if it was with uh, my wife and my children, doesn't matter if it was with friends, doesn't matter if it was with co-workers, doesn't matter with family. There's always like a degree of loneliness, of separation between me and others that I felt. Um, so... With like a a long, intense conversation with her. And then at the end, she basically was like, you know, try to, let's try to find a a vision statement for your life that addresses this issue where you say, this is how I want to live, right? You find a way to express it that makes you excited or that you are fully activated when you think about that. It could be like, you know, I choose to live life. With all my emotions. So I choose to live my life free and with um you know with my truth or whatever. Like find a way to express it in a way that makes you excited. And then she was like, you know, let's take a couple of weeks. Let this kind of let this swing. And then you're also your ancestors need to be, you know, activated and come to the table basically. And then in a couple of weeks, we'll sit down, and based on everything we've discussed, we're going to do a, how do you say Familienaufstellung in English? Um, English, I don't know. Um, family constellation. I don't know if this is systematic family constellation. This is like a therapeutic thing that they do. Um where either objects or other people are taking on the role of different family members, and then you play and discuss and work through certain issues. Um, I've heard of it many, many times. I've never seen it, never done it before. Uh, But I've heard people telling me that uh, Lefty did this recently, for instance, but other people as well, that it's a, a powerful experience. And so she was like, next time you'll come, we'll sit down, we'll use some figures, and we'll do a family constellation session and we'll try to release this, whatever you're carrying with you, and free you for kind of the vision that you want in your life. And then she was like, listen, I don't like to do too many sessions with people. Usually just these two sessions and afterwards, if you have questions, you can always text me or write me or call me. But that's that's the work I like to do with people. And that's that. Right? That's what we're going to do one more session in a couple of weeks and then that's that. I'm like, oh, all right, cool. So that was it. Um, and... I don't know. Like, I was definitely super spent after it. You know that feeling when you would do like a... I don't know. It would be like the sixth day at a Chris Molzer seminar in Berlin. And towards the end of the day, you're just like... You're just done. (laughs) You're just like emotionally spent. Like, I felt very much emotionally spent that day. That was kind of such an intense, weird day for me. Um, And then yesterday... I had written to Diana, and I was like, you know what? Tomorrow, maybe we can find some time. Let's go on a walk. I want to talk to you about some things. And I had the chance to talk to her about, like, that realization that I'm afraid to be fully happy because I think it would create conflict. And I know it's not about her; like, I carry that in myself. But I just wanted to share it. And we had like a we had a really meaningful and good conversation yesterday that felt that felt important. Um, so, yeah, that's that's the that's my Thursday.
1: Interesting. You know what? Um, also, like, so when you said that the... the, the, the Strasse was the one time where you, where you felt, like, connected and part of a, you know, tribe. Uh, one thing that came to my mind is, like, at the time, you... you kept something from every single one of us, right? Where it's like, I'm, I'm like, yeah, we, we got all these people and it's going to be awesome. But for you internally, you didn't feel that was accurate or that was the truth, right? And you represented for for, you know, for good reasons, but you still represented it as something that was different. So I thought that was interesting that, yeah, in this time there was this thing.
0: I I I uh, I felt that when I was telling you it, uh huh. I felt that that probably came up for you, and now yeah. as I'm thinking about it, I mean I don't know, right? My memory is also not perfect, um, but I think that at the time, I from I wasn't I wasn't aware, or I wasn't thinking. I'm lying to these people
1: yeah.
0: or I'm keeping a secret from them. I wasn't thinking about that. Reality
1: distortion. Yeah.
0: For most of the time, like there was an internal voice that was like, I'm not sure this is going to work. And then there was the other voice that was like, just believe in everything. Everything is everything. Just pretend and it will happen. Just relax. And then I was just going with that script basically. Yeah. Yeah. and. I mean, there were a million things during that time that I didn't share with all of you, just my emotions, stuff like that. Like, I, but I, that, but that, I didn't know I wasn't. Mm-hmm. But I think it was more the difference, the before, the progress, because I did open up a lot during that time, yeah. for, for my before and after, just. Um, the things I would share there, I wouldn't have shared a year before with people. I would have been much more close with all of you. The way we lived life, the way I also exposed not just my strengths, like even, even in a funny or in a not funny, but in a weird way, that was the time that I started to get really drunk, right? And this is, I'm like, what am I, 22 years old at that point, 21, 22. Before then, for years, Every Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday sometimes, I would go out with my friends and drink. But I would never get drunk. So drunk. Okay. I would yeah. never get drunk. I never lost control. During that time, I completely lost control multiple times. And in some way, that felt freeing to me. Was, there was, to me, showing a, a weakness in front of you guys and being okay with that because you're my friends. I'm, it's okay if I fuck up. It's okay if I, you know, puke. It's okay if I am a mess because I'm with friends, like, like I, I, and so, and even like the way we're talking about the world, the the things I was experimenting with, it was a, even like the physical contact. Like I remember during that time, just hugging my friends a lot more, or even being in bed and like almost cuddling with another friend. Right? Yes. To me, that was mind blowing that I could be that intimate with other men and not in a sexual way, just in a, like, I love you. You're like a brother to me and be so kind to each other and be comfortable. Mm. Not feeling weird, not feeling like this is awkward. Just like just being really loving and really like a, a very close community. That's how I remember feeling during that time. Just like opening up a lot, feeling much more connected. Now, If you compare me today with me then, there's probably a million little insecurities I suppressed or pushed away or didn't show. But I didn't know that. I I wasn't aware of that. What I was feeling internally and experiencing internally was this, wow, I'm opening up so much. I'm much more honest. I'm much more close to these people than I've ever been before. So that's why I feel like that was – Time, and I don't remember, maybe I also still felt, a. am sure there are still many moments, I felt like the leader of the pack, right? Yeah. Uh, where I felt carrying more responsibility than all of you, or having to push you, or having you expecting, you're all expecting things of me, and feeling like a pressure that nobody else has in that group, right? So... I I can imagine that even then I still still felt a little lonely. But when I think back to that time, what I remember, what stood out to me was, wow, I really felt connected. I felt more connected during that time with these people and with my friends than I remember feeling connected with people afterwards or beforehand.
1: Yeah, that what you said, where the the, the kind of progress or the delta. Yeah. To, I think that was, I, I, yeah, for me also, I think that was one of the things that made it really special. It's right? so, like, um, this was very significant there. Um, I'm I'm also curious about, like you said, okay, so you shared a couple of things where you felt like, wow, this was really spot and like, the. The Willenlosigkeit durch Chronische. Disziplinierung der Gefühle. Yeah, Gefühle, yeah It sounds great. But what do you but you also mentioned there's like um, some that that you felt like were totally off the mark. Are there like what are the kind of the three that that you remember? Or you felt like meh. Nah.
0: You know the the thing that she. So I would mentioned to her a bunch of things about myself and I had brought, I brought up my mother, right? And mm-hmm. um, so so. You know, it's not like she, like when she was like, what is it, the father, the mother, it's the mother. That could be just feeling the energy, but I also brought that energy into the room. Like I wasn't like, my father is an issue. Like I need the death of my father, I think is what I was like. I think my mom was always suppressing her emotions, and I feel like I've learned that from her. The pages that she popped up for me and my mom feel like a thousand percent right when she then went to my grandfather so my my, my grandfather my mother's father the pages you brought up for him and him i know very well i knew very well it doesn't mean that i know him perfectly and it could very well be that what set what is said on that page was true and i just right didn't know it or can't connect it but that felt much less true Uh, Like much harder to see how that was him or his issue, Um, and then the the grand grand grandfather. I mean, who the fuck knows, right? That that's so far away. I know nothing about it. It could be like I'm reading a page about somebody in you know somebody in the world right now. Like I I just don't know. Um,
1: I just (laughs) but your your grandfather. Um, Yeah. So um, with my. Oh, go ahead. I know you told me about him that, like, as he aged, he he changed straight in character. But I remember, like, the, the one encounter I remember with him where I I met him. I was like, I remember we just greeting each other like in the in the kind of way. And then I remember when I walked away from that, I was like, this man doesn't think very highly of me. It's like a lifetime of experience. And just like one glance and say, no, not this. <laughs> no. no. <laughs> what,
0: that, is my, what is my nephew doing with this? <laughs> yeah. Well, that, that was probably spot on. I would not be surprised <laughs> if you were right. Um so uh so yeah, with him it was like Am stehen. Like I don't even know how to say pan in English. I don't even mean, yeah, it's like his being different made him feel kind of excluded and mistreated and misrespected. Uh, and he felt shamed and weak. And, you know, he basically, you know, to get support and to get the help, he changed his personality to, you know, take other people's life and thought and thought process and if my grandfather was like so the being different sure like in the village that my grandfather grew up he was the most different cat for sure because they were all such simple people that didn't read didn't know anything about the world didn't care didn't dress up nicely didn't want to accomplish anything they were just like farmers that would just like farm, drink wine, eat, go to sleep. Just like have very, very, very simple lives. And my grandfather was a way more ambitious and a person that traveled the world and a person that moved to Germany and a person that started different endeavors and opened restaurants and a person that was dressing nicely and reading constantly and was interested in the world and was a a big ladies man and a lover of dancing and food like he was very different sure but not like this the way this is described describes a man that felt so insecure about his being different that he like pretended to be like others to be accepted that is not true at all Mm-hmm. but again it's like maybe he felt this internally but he lived it in some weird way that I can't recognize sure yeah that, that is true right I, it could be that all of the things he was doing was to get love and accept I mean I'm sure a bunch of his extroverted personality was to get attention and love and whatever but I don't know it's just this is not as spot on to me or I can't say I have to do a lot of mental gymnastics to make this work yeah. right? And of course, it could say he was a timid little bitch that never tried anything. And then it's like, well, he although he externally was totally different, this is how he felt internally. Right? <laughs> could it not be? It could, right? Um, so you could take anything on any page, and I could tell you you are having this, although you don't realize it and you don't live it. And then the, the argument is over, right? <laughs> like, how can you argue that? Um, but for my grandfather, this is like, uh, maybe, but I have a difficult time seeing this. Like, this is not, like, with me and my mom, it's like, a ah, 1,000%, this is it. And with my grandfather, it was like, no, nah, not really. I'm not sure. Maybe. Um, and then there were other things. Like, she, she went through, like, my life years and, like, where I had significant trauma. And I'd already told her that, you know, my father died when I was six. So the first thing that pops up is six, right? Sure. Fair, cool. Now, if she had known that, like I maybe, but, but I didn't go there to test her. You know what I mean? Like, I didn't go there to not tell her things to see if she knows, because I didn't want to. I don't care if it's true or not. I don't, I'm not there to prove that she's right or wrong. I was there to get help. Her, right. right? And so I just talked to her. And if she used that information to help me, then awesome. <laughs> I don't, I don't need her to mind read these things. But okay. So the first thing she said was six fair but then she was like 13 16 25 34 and those years um was it even 34 was it 38 i don't know with those years i had a difficult time figuring out what it was 13 so something significant that happened there i thought about it like, uh, you know, it's probably the time I went to school did something traumatic happen? I don't remember. Some like I hated school, but every fucking year of my life, but nothing like really big. 16, another age where I'm like, 16, not aware that anything like 16 in my recollection is always a good year because it's the year I started reading books and I realized entrepreneurship and business and shit. Like that was that year. I don't remember, and even like whatever it was, I don't know remember it was thirty four if it was thirty no it was thirty four four years ago um I thought about that year, I couldn't think of anything traumatic happening that year, so it could be that she's right with all of these years, mm-hmm. and I just don't remember, but um but it's tough that I mean there's one or two traumatic things I could imagine but those are not the things that she said right the years that she said so this is the type of thing where I'm like okay again could be that every this of these years I had a traumatic experience and I've suppressed it or if I don't just remember it I'm not saying it didn't happen in those years but it's funny that other than the sixth year, every single year, I thought about it and I was like, I, uh, I don't know. I can't think of anything that particular year that happened that was significant. Um, and then there's other little moments, like when we talked about my my divorce or my separation, I started talking about it and I was like, you know, although the separation was, and then she was like really she said something along the line, really negative or really, you know, bad or traumatic or whatever. And I was like, actually the word that I wanted to say was like really kind. (laughs) And, and so I was like, no, I mean, the separation was actually really, really kind. Okay. Of course, everything leading up to making the decision was very difficult for me, but the separation was like the most beautiful, nice, kind separation ever. So those are the moments where, you know, again, she's a human, I don't like, but her instinct was not always spot on. Yeah. But again, depends on how I want to think about this. Again, if I'm like, it was traumatic, the years before of me fighting it internally to make a decision were traumatic, just the separation itself wasn't, right? So okay. you, you, you can, I, I feel like I could twist and turn these things to make them either everything was perfect that she said and right, or everything was bullshit and the only good thing she said I already had given her.
1: But again, I don't care. I I don't care about it. It sounds like you're kind of like throwing out a net, pulling it back up and seeing like, oh, what's something useful here? Yeah, Yeah, I'm like, to me, you know what the most important criteria is?
0: Is when I sat down with her, if I felt like I don't like her or she's not honest, I Mm -hmm. would have Then I would have been closed. And if I'd been closed, this would have not been a helpful experience to me, no matter what she would have told me, I think. But since I was like, I believe this person believes what she says and does. Mm -hmm. And I like this person. And I feel this person has something to offer, Mm -hmm. has a big heart, has some wisdom. Let's talk. And if she has to tap and talk to the spirits, that's cool with me. Like, I'm here, I'm open. Let's see if this can help. Let's see what I can learn. And I'm not, I'm not necessarily saying the tapping worked or didn't work. Could work perfectly, could not work at all, and be all imagined. At the end of the day, I'm not interested in trying to find the truth in that. I'm just interested in trying to find help for myself. Right? And and I'm like, was this a conversation when I walked out and I said, wow, she said something that I uh, never thought about and that I would have never realized and it was completely surprising. No. Right. She didn't say something that I was like, wow, I've never ever thought that and I could have never figured that out. No, she didn't. But did she say things that were meaningful to me? Did she bring up things and highlight them? And we talked about them ways now that I think about them slightly more clearly or slightly different. Mm,
1: yeah. Did the
0: entire conversation Feel meaningful to me. Yes, it did. It did feel good. It felt meaningful. It was a session where I was like, yeah, I'm taking things with me from this conversation. I'll be thinking about them, working through them. So, net, net, to me, this was a really positive experience.